appreciate your um, leading us in that worship this morning. Um, as a reminder, just of why I'm here, <laughs> you'll get this in a moment, but um, Anthony is, is there away on vacation this week, and so it's just a joy to be with you. Last week we discussed, my name is Rob, I get the chance to be with you, but we discussed our response to the unexpected. Uh, we talked about the importance of responding in humility and in expectation that God would be working. Maybe you had something unexpected come up in your life this week. So here's the challenge and the reality is that the unexpected comes up unexpectedly. <laughs> Think about your life as you prepare for expected events. Uh, maybe you look back at a wedding or, or maybe a, uh, of a family member or a friend and you think about the preparation that weddings take. Invitations, fittings, um, booking a location among others. Or maybe a staff party or, or something special in your life. These events are placed on the calendar. People prepare for them and then they happen. But the unexpected events in life uh, are not planned for. So this begs the question, what can we do about it? How can I prepare for the unexpected? And we're going to look at two themes over these next two weeks. Today is the rhythms of rest. And then next week we'll look at this idea of releasing control. So this first theme of rhythms of rest is, is really a, a newer concept uh, for me that I've been wrestling with. And when I say newer, I mean the last few years. Um, and it's taken time for me to kind of wrestle with these ideas and begin to implement them into my life and into the life of our family. But I will say it's proven, and while it's proven to be challenging, it's, it's, it's been very good as well. And so as Anthony is taking these next uh, couple weeks off, I thought this would be a great topic to cover. And it's actually a topic that I think we could take some more time on in the future and, and really fully develop, but at least today, and we're not gonna, it's not going to be a long, um, a long sermon today, but, but just to take a few minutes and look at this. If you think back, maybe you've read in, in, the, in the passage in Scripture, there's, there's a passage that's well known um, in, the, in the book of Ecclesiastes, and, and basically it gives this idea that there's a time for everything under the sun. A time to mourn, a time to cry, a time to weep, a time to have joy in life. And I'm sure you've experienced these different times in your, your life. Times that you've laughed and times that you've mourned the loss of a loved one. Times when your bank was full and maybe times when you didn't know how you were going to pay for your, the next bill that came in. There's a time for everything, both expected and unexpected events. You think about these events... I want you to think about rhythms in your life. So what are rhythms? Well, first of all, when you think about a rhythm, I want you to think about your heart rhythm. Maybe you've seen a heart monitor before. Maybe you're in the medical field. I'm, I'm certainly not a, a medical professional, but I was looking up online to see this, these different rhythms, and I saw that there's this thing called a P wave, and the P wave is, is, is right in front of this, what they call the the QRS complex, and then there's the T wave, and, and there's this explanation of these rhythms of your heart. These waves that happen as your heart beats, and you can picture like mine, maybe just kind of the up and down, but they, there's, there's detail to them. And when your rhythm gets out of whack, there could be problems with your heart. So getting back to Ecclesiastes, think about the rhythms of your life. Maybe if you're a teacher, there's a rhythm to the school year. 
although the rhythm is going to be very different this year, potentially. If you, if you work for a company, there are rhythms to your day. You have to be there maybe at a certain time. Maybe you're done at a certain time. Maybe if you work for yourself, there's the rhythm of marketing, of gaining the, that business. There's the rhythm of responding to inquiries, quoting the cost of your services, completing services, and then even billing. There are rhythms to all that we do. If you're retired, there are still rhythms. They might be more weekly rhythms than daily, but even coming together and worshiping once a week is a part of your weekly rhythm. But what if the unexpected comes? Let's first look at a kind of scriptural precedent for work and for rhythms of work. We're created to work. So Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 says this, God says, let us make mankind in our own image. Notice the word make. There's work there. In our likeness, he says, so that, we, that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, over the livestock and the wild animals, over all creatures that move along the ground. So in this passage, when God created, we see two aspects of work. First of all, God created for work that we would rule over the animals. So, so there's two components. God has shown that he works. He made us in his image. And then he created us for work, to rule over the birds, the, the creatures of the earth. There is reason for work. By the way, from a health standpoint, work provides purpose. It provides meaning. Again, even, even those who may not work for a living, there's still work that you do in your life. It may be volunteer. It may be um, going out and, and participating in, in other events. But there's work, and it's, it's healthy to do, to have work in our lives. So your rhythms in your life include work. It could be something that you're paid for. It could be something that you're not paid for. It could be chores around your house. Those are work. could be your career. But we all work. If you own your own business, it might look different than if you have an employer. But again, we all have those parts of our life uh, that work. But as you think about your rhythms and your other aspects of life, what else is a part of it? Relationships are a part of your, of your life, I would imagine. Connecting to others. Although I have a, a during this time recently, I have a, a class on Tuesday nights that I have to go to. Um, my typical rhythm, our family rhythm, is to connect with our community group on Tuesday evening. It's a part of our weekly rhythm. So when I talk about rhythms, I'm talking about those parts of your day, those parts of your week, that are consistent. So the only thing I really want you to consider this morning, and I want to encourage you in, is, and, and, and I want to, first of all, say this, that this is a lifelong process. I don't want you to get frustrated when we talk about this idea of rest. It's a lifelong integration. I want to encourage you to integrate rest and Sabbath into your rhythms. Okay? So let's first kind of look at that. First of all, I want to say what it's not. Okay, when I, when I talk about rest and when I talk about Sabbath, which you'll see, Sabbath, which you'll see in a minute, this is not a legalistic uh, something that you add to your life as a way to appease God or through your actions. I'm not suggesting that this is, is rest, but it has been done this way. If we look at the Gospel of Mark, um, in Mark chapter 3, I'm just going to read this a little bit to you because this is, this is how some people have lived. Another time he went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. 
Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked him, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger, and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. The Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians on how they might kill Jesus. So the Pharisees in this time had strict laws, strict rules as to what could be done on the Sabbath, on that day of rest. Let me tell you, that is not at all what obviously Jesus was considering when he, when he was thinking about rest, nor as I'm trying to communicate this morning. There, this is not a, a legalistic list of do's and don'ts that you can do this or you can't do this. That's not what I am suggesting at all. As we talk about rest today, in this brief short time, even the word, even as we talk about this word Sabbath, let me encourage you to think about it not in the sense of rules. Think about it as it relates actually to the idea of limits. There are 24 hours a day. There are 365 days a year. There are who knows how many years to your life. God knows. I don't. There are limits that we all face. Rest recognizes and values the limits to allow for continuation of work, as well as the enjoyment and this fulfillment of the life that God has provided. But rest does not need to be a form of legalism to be effective. Sabbath is also not necessarily one specific day of the week. In, in Romans chapter 14, Paul writes... Um, to the, to the church in Rome, basically. Let me get it to you there. Romans 14, 5 through 6. It says, One man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. He, regards, he who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. There's not one day that, that you have to have this day as your Sabbath or this day as your day of rest. But the encouragement that I want to encourage you to think about as your rhythms of life is do you have a time that you can set aside in your week for rest? A time that, that, that you can say, you know, this is my time that I'm going to, to put aside and just be still and be quiet or, or enjoy my family. And we'll, we'll look at some more specifics in a minute. But it's not about that it has to be Saturday or it has to be Sunday or it has to be a specific day of the week. Rather, because the reality is you have a job that's maybe different than my job. The reality, though, is taking some time to set it aside. Instead of legalism, an author that, that's really impacted me uh, in the past couple of years, his name is Pete Scazzaro, and he talks about Sabbath being like a diamond with many facets to it. So there are different aspects to this, this rest that, that you might consider. But a diamond is a beautiful piece of jewelry. So likewise, rest can be beautiful and exemplify God's grace, as well as differentiate us from the way the rest of the world operates. Rest, Sabbath, or this rhythm of rest, is going to have some common components to it, maybe, but it's also going to be unique to you, and defined by you, because the reality is, you probably rest even differently than I do. So where do we get this idea of rest? And so, again, there are four components that we're not going to dive into today. They're worth it, though, and I want to encourage you to do so, or, or think about them at least. And we do, I've done a, um, a class in, in, our, um, in our small group, and I'm even doing one online right now. 
um, based on this book by Pete Scazzaro called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. If that interests you, you know, shoot me or shoot the church a text or an email um, and we can let you know how, to, um, how we can maybe to, do that course together. But what Pete talks about is, is four things when it comes to this idea of Sabbath. First of all, stop. Second, rest. Third, delight. And four, contemplate. And again, we're not going to go into those in detail. Um, but the idea is, is taking some time to stop. And m- what my family and I have done in the past recent year or so is we have tried to be intentional about stopping and about resting. And Sunday, Sunday is the day that we have chosen to stop and to rest. Now, the thing that we're still working on integrating into our family are these ideas of delight, delighting in the Lord for a specific amount of time and, and even in specific ways, and then contemplating and being more intentional about that in our lives. But just to encourage you, stop and delight. So, so where do we get this idea of rest? Well, it was exemplified even by Jesus. Uh, Matthew chapter 14. I just want to read this to you quickly. Verses 20 through 23. So this is the, the feeding of the 5,000. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. Now this is it. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get in the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. So here's Jesus. He has limited time. Remember we talked about limits. He has limited time on this earth to complete the mission that God has called. And yet there's a time after the feeding of the 5,000, he dismisses the people and he goes up to be alone. He dismisses them to go up and to spend time by himself. Now you might say, well, that's, that's easy for me. You know, if you're an introvert, you say, I've got to get away. But Jesus does this with intentionality. He exemplifies this in, our life, in his life. Sometimes it's, rest is difficult because we've got our to-do list. Even doing things that are good. Jesus was doing amazing things in his ministry. But he recognized the need to get away. What's it look like for you to have time of rest? To have a time of Sabbath where you stop? You rest, you delight, you contemplate. What else do we know about this? It's not just that Jesus exemplified it, but that it's intentional. Now, we live in a a world of a 24-7 mindset. We're connected to everything. Right now, my phone is being used as the camera, but otherwise I'd show you. We're connected to everything, news, family, friends, through social media, phone calls, work, etc. In fact, some of you might even believe you have to work 24-7 to be successful. You have to be available to a client at all times or maybe something else. Now, I don't know your business. I do know that there are are businesses out there, very successful businesses, who do create boundaries in their week. And there are restaurants that shut down for an entire day to rest. The typical idea behind beginning a business, though, is that you have to live it 24-7 all the time. You watch TV shows that say, this has to be your life if you want to be successful. I want to encourage you to just consider this idea of stopping and resting in your life. Whether you own your own business, whether you work, whether you're retired, whatever phase of life you're in, the the idea of having a rhythm that challenges you to stop and rest, but it's going to take intentionality. 
I'm in the process of teaching my oldest son uh, how to drive. He's got his driver's permit now. And uh, I'm actually teaching him on my Jeep, which is a manual transmission. As he's going ahead, and, and, and as we're looking off in the distance, and he sees a, a stop sign, and he's preparing to stop the car, there are multiple things that happen in a manual transmission car. It's not just the brake. It's the brake, the clutch, so you can, you can downshift a little bit and slow down. But then you've got to keep that clutch de um, depressed, and then as you lift it slowly to get to the stop sign, and, and you're slowing down with your brake, um, so that you can smoothly come to a stop. Otherwise, it gets jerky. And if you've ever driven a manual or learned how to drive a manual transmission, and I still to this day, sometimes I jerk a little bit when I'm starting or when I'm stopping. It's important to think ultimately about stopping. Even if it's jerky, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's not quite as smooth as you want it to be, just like you're learning to drive a manual transmission car, to look at that stop sign in life and say, I've got to do this. I've got to be intentional. Religious people will sometimes make rules about stopping, or they just hit the brakes. Or others look around at that metaphorical, I'm not saying real, metaphorical intersection they don't see any danger in their life, and so they just glide right through. I want to encourage you to focus less on rules and focus more on the need to stop, because it's important to stop, to be intentional, to find a day of the week, to stop. A few hours maybe. Maybe you can't do a whole day at this point. Maybe your first step is just a few hours of intentionality where you're slowing down and you're stopping. That's great. I just want to encourage you to do that. It might be jerky initially, but it is an important thing to consider. It's also, though, a sign, I think, of freedom. And, and Pete talks about this in, in his books. The imagery of, of slavery and freedom, freedom in Scripture are numerous. We read of slavery in the nation of Israel under, under the Egyptian nation. The Israelites were under the rule of Egypt for many generations. Scripture talks about being, this, being a slave to sin, where sin reigns in your life. Now, this doesn't mean that you struggle, but when it reigns, freedom is hard to experience. This could be exemplified by the life of somebody who's an active addict. Whether it's a substance or a process, those who struggle with addiction struggle to break free from the grips of whatever they are addicted to. But rest is the sign of freedom. Look back to the nation of Israel. They did not experience freedom until they were no longer under the power of Pharaoh. The, 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 the Israelites had no rights when they were slaves. They had no choice as to when they would work, how much they would work, when they would get up in the morning, if they wanted to quit their job. They had no choice. But those who are free can choose to rest. So when Moses brought down the Ten Commandments, the nation was told to keep the Sabbath holy, to take time and rest, they were given an opportunity that they could not have experienced when they were under the control of Pharaoh. Rest is only something that the freedom that freedom can offer. Scripture says we have freedom in Christ Jesus. So when we take time to rest, we live the freedom we have in Christ. And we show the world that we trust in His provision, in His mercy. Not because we're religious, but because we're free. Rest is hard in our society. It's countercultural. Preparing for the unexpected is important. The unexpected can bring stress, grief, maybe even fear. 
but we don't know because it's unexpected. Rhythms of rest are not only important for our lives, they can help us prepare for the unexpected. When we're living this life of rhythm, we can adjust when the unexpected comes. If I'm already living in stress, it's difficult to adjust in order to fulfill the need that might come up. But when I know I have a day of rest in my rhythms, I can know that I can be better prepared for the challenges that might come. It's not easy. The way that you choose to rest is your choice. I'm here today because Anthony is getting some rest. It's good that he does so. How does your day of rest, how do you allow rhythms of rest into your life? How does that day, maybe, or those few hours of rest, differ from other parts of your life? Is it a family movie afternoon? Is it a, a, a day or a couple hours at the beach? Is it a day of reading? Do you hate to cook? Maybe you, on your day of rest or your time of rest, you could prepare the meals the day before or go out. Remember, this is a special, not a special day in the sense that, that it's set apart for everybody, but it's something that you set apart. You intentionally choose to rest from your work, whatever that work is, as you follow Jesus and as you live this life that freedom of Christ offers. There's no need to be a slave to work. Be free in the rest of Jesus. Let me pray for us. Lord God, we thank you that you do offer us this rest. Lord, the rest that only comes from knowing you. Lord, it is a temptation to work every day and every hour and every minute to find significance in life, Lord. But I just pray you would remind us of what it means to be under you and your ways. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Just wanted to give you a couple announcements as we find, kind of finish out with our, our gospel community mission. As it relates to community, on the 2nd of August and the 9th of August, um, our current plan is to be gathering together at Cracker Creek. Please keep an eye out on social media for the specifics and the further details. But I do want to emphasize something that um, Anthony asked me to emphasize, that there may be changes or cancellations. So we are planning on gathering together, but things might change. Um, they're not going to be full worship services. It's going to be worship light. Anthony will be back and speak as well as take time to maybe answer some questions. We're going to still plan on hopefully broadcasting on our Facebook page and maybe even take some questions from Facebook as well. And please know it's fine that if you're not ready to gather yet, if you're not comfortable, we will have hand sanitizer and masks available. Um, if you do not have one of your own, there's, a, there's going to be a covered patio um, to shield us from the sun but still allow us to spread out. And as numbers continue to rise, um, Anthony wanted to make sure to let you know that we've consulted several trusted organizations. And taking temperature readings seems to be a best practice. Now we don't have, I mean, excuse me, we do have an instant temperature reading thermometer. And while we're not going to be mandating anything, we would just simply ask for your willingness to get your temperature read prior to our gathering, as well as keeping some distance from, um, from each other and wearing masks. We simply ask you to do this as a representation of love for those who are gathering together. Clearly, these are challenging times. And through it, we are so blessed, I feel so blessed, to be a part of the Restoration community. 